all you beautiful people, and welcome to the Glorious in the Mundane podcast. I'm your host, Christy Knuckles. Happy November to you. It is full-on fall, and I'm loving every minute of it. Our little town of Franklin is all dolled up. We just had our pumpkin fest, and that for sure marks for us that the holidays have arrived. We remember taking the kids to the pumpkin fest when they were just little when we lived here years ago. In fact, our last pumpkin fest in Franklin before we moved to Atlanta was when Annie Rose was just about four months old. And it was just this sweet little day at the downtown shops where a few vendors and shop owners would dress up and hand out candy. And for kids, you know, it was that extra time that they could put on their costume and show it off. And the shop owners would ooh and awe over them. And at that time, it felt like maybe, you know, a couple of thousand people would be in and out in a day's time. I could be wrong. But the point is, 10 years ago, you could breathe while you were down there. Well, this year, I read that there was an estimated 65,000 people who came to our little tiny downtown. (laughs) If you can even find parking and brave the crowd, you can hardly even find the shop owners handing out candy anymore. You're just staring at the back of someone as you shuffle down the middle of the street and try to enjoy Pumpkin Fest. There's now entire streets blocked off and dedicated to just food trucks. And our church now even hosts the Kids Zone, which is an entire street dedicated to bouncy houses, balloons, and face painting, which is actually really fun. But oh my goodness, Nathan and I drove away and both decided yet again that this is just so telling about where we are right now as a country. People are flocking to anything that's meaningful. Not to get super spiritual right away, but we are attracted to what makes us feel like we belong to something, that we are a part of something bigger than us, that tradition matters. The smell of apple pie and candles and the turning of the leaves, these aren't just sensory things. These are heart things that are tied to apron strings that remind us of the home within us. For those of us who know Jesus, anything that reminds us of our true home that we can experience here on earth, we flock to it. That's what I've decided. And even when people don't know Jesus yet, there's still this attraction to heaven on earth, and they don't even know it. The falling of the leaves— It triggers in us that no matter what, we can count on the seasons changing, that there's this order that God created that we align with deep in our hearts somewhere, even if we don't even know Him yet. There's still this sense that something is turning our heart towards home, towards something that we can put our trust in. I'm guessing that some of you saw that Nathan and I announced this past week that we are going to do a Christmas tour this season, and the heart of it is exactly this. I think as families, we flock to things that help us experience remembrance around who we really are and who we belong to, and that's what we want these nights to be, a place to flock together and draw near Jesus, who is our very hope, and intentionally remember together that He is with us. So it's not just remembering the nativity, which yes, we will do that, but it's also remembrance of what is true even now in the present, that He is Emmanuel, God with us now. That child who Mary held is still here with us now, and He is holding us now. And I don't know about you, but I want to hover with my family around that truth this season 
And oh my goodness, I'm so excited to get back into singing the songs from The Thrill of Hope, the Christmas album that I released just last Christmas that all of you kind of journeyed with me on. These songs still feel so fresh to me, and I'm so excited to get to sing them again. These nights are going to be intentionally intimate, and we did that on purpose because we wanted the experience to feel like family drawing near. So not to get straight to a commercial, but seriously... I would love it if you'd make plans to be with us if you're near one of these cities. And as always, you can find all of that info on my website today on christinockles.com. Nathan and I got to do something pretty fun the day before Pumpkin Fest. Our sweet friends, Shelly, Denise, and Lee, who make up the singing group Point of Grace, invited us to sing at their 25-year anniversary celebration weekend, and they invited some of their songwriters from their journey to join 50 of their most faithful fans for a time of reflection on this beautiful rooftop-type place at Word Records down on Music Row. In fact, I heard that it was like right where they film the, the show Nashville a lot, but our connection to the Point of Grace girls go way back to 1997 when our friend Steve Seelig, who was very instrumental in getting the girls started, that's what we call him, the girls to this day, and he connected us by pitching one of our songs to them. It was a song called Who Am I that I had written about my dad, so it had these heartstrings for me, and I was actually a little bit reluctant in letting someone else record it. I didn't know that it was this big coveted thing to have this group called Point of Grace cut my song, which is slang for recording a song. If you cut a song, that means you recorded it. But anyway, I'll never forget the phone call on the speakerphone one afternoon in Steve's office as Shelly Breen, one of the girls who is the kind of the leader of the pack, was basically trying to talk me into letting them record our song. And we laugh about it now because that album that they did record our song, Who Am I On, went platinum, which means it sold more than a million records. (laughs) This was back when songwriters and musicians could actually make money writing songs and selling records, which has changed drastically through the years, trust me. But that's a whole other conversation. But basically, Point of Grace, in many ways, helped us get on our feet as songwriters and artists. And this was back when Nathan and I were called Watermark. And they invited us that next year to tour that very record, Steady On. And we traveled to 80 cities that year with them. So Nathan and I, this was before we had kids, were able to basically get out of the Bible Belt for the first time in our whole lives and see the country. And it was just such an exciting time for us. And the girls gave us this coveted spot as well as an opening artist, which is right before intermission. Not before the show as people are walking in and getting their popcorn and their drink, but after the girls had already started the show themselves, they personally introduced us and gave us a moment to share three songs right before we went out to our CD table to greet people at intermission. It was truly gold for new artists like us at the time and would be now. So needless to say, when Point of Grace asked us to do them a favor, we say yes. It was so sweet and brought back some great memories, getting to hug the girls and see some of their fans that we actually remembered. We told the story of the song, Who Am I?, as I mentioned, that I had written for my dad about a season in his life and my mom's where they brushed up against the grace of God in a very tangible way through a very rough storm in their lives, a breaking season, if you will, but how God showed up and has still remained faithful all through these years. 
So it was precious to get to tell that story once more and to sing that song, Who Am I That You Would Love Me So Gently? Who Am I That You Would Recognize My Name? Lord, Who Am I That You Would Speak To Me So Softly? A Conversation With The Love Most High. Who Am I? We also wrote a Christmas song for the girls that went on their album called A Christmas Story, and the song was called Emmanuel, God With Us, which was this story song that I started writing in New York City in a cathedral downtown, and it followed me home, and it turned into a song that not only the girls would cut, but our favorite producer of all time, Brown Bannister, who is actually Ellie Holcomb's daddy, by the way. But we grew up admiring Brown from afar as he produced the early Amy Grant records, Michael W. Smith, Sandy Patty, The Imperials, and on and on and on. But he produced that song, and Nathan and I truly thought we had died and gone to heaven. We got to meet Brown and see the girls sing some of the vocals. It was just extraordinary. We chose not to perform that song the other day because we were too afraid that we would just butcher it, honestly. (laughs) And if you ever listen to it, you'll understand what I mean. So we chose actually to sing the song from the Lullaby record called All That Is To Come. And if I had to choose one song from my new album, Beheld Lullabies for the Beloved, that I feel like just sums up me personally and what I wanted to say, it's that one. I struggled a little bit, honestly, with feeling full freedom to just kind of go with my gut on this song. And I'll tell you a little bit about that in a minute because I feel like it ties in so perfectly with today's guest that I kind of just want to mesh some thoughts together here around today's theme. My guest today is my sister-in-law, Kristen Hill. For those of you who have been listening since last year, this is the one and only Amaryllis Kristen. Finally, if you don't know that reference, I challenge you to go back to this time last year or so and find that episode because it's a very special one. And she is a very special person. Kristen married my brother, Eric Hill, and they have three gorgeous daughters, Adeline, Julia, and Lily Claire, who are our children's cousins, yes, but also their dearest friends. And Nathan and I feel the same way about Eric and Kristen as well. And they have been a quiet force for many years. Literally, I can say this honestly. They have inspired more songwriting in my life than any other people that I know. Starting with my brother, Eric, when I was just in high school, really, and really just kind of learning to write songs He was such an inspiration, and we wrote together even then. And if you look into the Christmas tour nights that we're doing, you'll see that my brother will be joining us on the Night of Hope tour, and I'm so excited for you to hear from his heart. He's a shepherd of a human, and both he and Kristen have journeyed with Nathan and I for many years through thick and thin seasons together. But if you've followed my Instagram, you'll also see that Adeline, their oldest, who's turning 18 this month, which I just can't even comprehend, she just released a single that I've been kind of promoting here and there called Moments to Memories, a song that you and your friends and you and your family or you and your kids You need it, especially in your car. It's that roll your windows down after school or work song. It's truly magical. And she's a very gifted young lady who we're all watching blossom in front of our eyes, as we are with all of our kids. But Adeline's happens in this moment to be a little bit more public, which is a lot to steward as parents. But Eric and Kristen are doing that in such an incredibly intentional way 
way right now. And then you might have seen that I just posted that Kristen has just released her first six-week Bible study called Go and Tell No One, Remember and Rest in the Secret and the Sacred. And this has been something that has been bubbling up in Kristen for quite some time. In fact, I didn't even know about it for a really long time. Only really Eric knew bits and pieces of what was all coming together for her, but it happened in the secret place like in the bullseye that I talk about all the time. In fact, we marvel a little bit looking back on each other's journey. I remember a moment that Eric and I went to Starbucks in Alpharetta, Georgia, and he hadn't heard me really share yet around the concentric circles or the bullseye theme that had surfaced in my life when the kids were a little bit younger. And it was something that I had just kept to myself like this for a really long time. So Eric starts sharing where the Lord was leading he and Kristen during that season. And he literally draws concentric circles on a napkin. And he's putting words in them. And I'm just looking at him like I had seen a ghost. (laughs) We each had different words inside of those circles. But it just goes to show you that the Holy Spirit speaks in these ways and in these themes of His heart. And sometimes, even though the verbiage is unique to us in our story— the heart of it is really the same. And so we laugh all the time at the parallel themes and even sometimes a little bit blown away at the parallels. But that happens when there's this like-heartedness. So when I got to hear about what the Lord was impressing upon Kristen, it was kind of like how I felt when I told you I read Sarah Haggerty's book, Unseen. It was this kindredness and this familiar heart space, but so fresh all at the same time because It's unique to Kristen. This go and tell no one theme, the verbiage and all of it and her story woven in, it's unique to her. And it's for this moment. It's for such a time as this. And it's kind of fun, honestly, for me to watch Kristen kind of have to squirm with this a little bit as she's having to make it available to people. But I'm watching her with great intentionality yet again, having to publicly steward something that is actually very sacred to her and even kind of secret. It's one big oxymoron. (laughs) We keep laughing about it. But I know how that feels as a worshiper and a songwriter, and I'm sure you do too in your own way. It might not be you writing a Bible study or song right now, but we all at one time or another are faced with sharing what's inside of us, right? Sharing the journey in a way that is honoring of the process and the heart work that Jesus is doing in us. It's always for the sharing. And sometimes that is like the really hard part, whether we're a small group leader, a small business owner, a student writing our thesis, or a mom leading your little tribe today. There's still this invitation to somehow convey your story and bring glory to God and bring the kingdom of God to earth through your very life in your own unique way to represent Christ, like we said last episode, in your own beautiful way. And that's what I'm getting to see Kristen do in this season. And it's monumental for us as a family to see it come into fruition. Eric and Kristen are in a season where they are finally getting to see some things come to life that honestly felt like they would never get here. And I can assure you of this, they do not crave the limelight. They most often choose the behind the scenes and the shadows and the small one-on-one conversation with that one person that maybe no one else saw in the room. So while this is such a true celebration of them getting to share what God has been stirring in them, all at the same time, it's this go and tell no one theme 
which like I said, just kind of makes us all giggle a little bit. But when I started writing the song, All That Is To Come, as I was saying earlier, I'm actually not going to play the song today for time's sake, but you can find it on Apple Music or Spotify or iTunes, wherever you listen to music. But the story of it, I think, ties into this so well. And it came in sections for me, actually. It's a song that's been years in the making. The verses of this song started after we knew that the stirrings in us were a lullaby record. Nathan was just playing this gorgeous piano line on the upright piano in our basement one night, and it stirred these words in me. Still this hurried mind, smooth this furrowed brow. Bring your heaven song to my mouth somehow, and with the rising sun until the night has come. I will bless your name for all that you have done. And hear me say, yes and amen. Tomorrow you'll be faithful again. And then I started singing a chorus that I had started writing years ago. Sometimes that's how songwriting goes. Sometimes that's how life goes. Something in the now fits with something you started way back then. It's such a metaphor for life, pieces fitting together from years past, but they're all fresh somehow, all at the same time. So suddenly those verses fit with this prayer that has been lingering for a while in me, and I'll praise you, God, for all you are and all I am, for you are my portion forever, for all that was and all that is now and all that is to come. I remember recording this vocal for this song in particular, and it was one of those stop the recording moments. I literally could not pull it together. I'm telling you, a wave of something that I can't explain hit me as I was singing this vocal, and I ended up literally praying out loud right there in the studio with trembling knees through some things that I felt like the Spirit of God was prompting me to pray for people who would be listening to this record It was truly a holy and sacred moment for me that I will never forget. And like I said, I wrestled a little bit with this song because I didn't want it to seem self-indulgent, meaning that as a songwriter, sometimes an effort to stay true to who you are, I think this can actually translate to many of us in many different fields, but you can make choices that are a bit selfish, that sort of cut people out of the heart of what you're trying to say. You can kind of get in your own way, per se. Or sometimes an entire project can just feel too personal, as if to not let anyone in almost. Stephen King, the novelist, once said in an interview, write with the door closed first, and then rewrite with the door open. Your stuff starts out being just for you, in other words, but then it goes out. Once you know what the story is and get it right, as right as you can anyway, it belongs to anyone who wants to read it or criticize it. That is actually great advice for songwriting as well, to write with the door closed first, kind of let it all out, and then rewrite with that door open, even thinking about who you're opening that door to, and I guess in my case, even praying for them. And eventually when it's as good as it's going to get, you just have to release it fully. The bridge of this song and how it connects to the chorus came to me as a reflection upon a very personal conversation that I had with Jesus as I was journaling one day. It says this, No matter what may come, make my heart like a honeycomb, storing up the sweetest home for you and me till I love you more than anything. 
As you can imagine, there's a story behind such a peculiar statement, make my heart like a honeycomb. And that's the reason I wanted to tell you about this song today, because it's one of my most recent go-and-tell-no-one moments that was very transformational for me. I think also a great example of how we can share and live from the secret and the sacred, which is what Kristen's whole Bible study is about. We can live from this very daily personal experience with Jesus and from His Word and these transformational interactions that we have with Him and His Word and how we might not tell every word of that conversation or maybe even none of it. We know the parts of the story that are often just supposed to be between us and Him. But even still, we can emerge from that place with His light in our eyes And we represent Him to the world with His very countenance left shining on our face as we spend time with Him each day. I feel like I ended up capturing the spirit of the sacred conversation that I had with Jesus, sort of maybe tipping my hat to the conversation and decided that I could point to the broad strokes of the theme. And it's this, that the prayer of my heart is that No matter what has been in my past, and there's a lot there, and I think all of us can say that would be true of us, that there's a lot of water under the bridge there called our past, but even so, that we'd have surrendered hearts over our pasts. This is sort of that Job 13, 15 declaration, though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. So there may have even been suffering, affliction, and even great pain in the past. But this is a prayer that says, even still, you can have my heart. And that next part says, for all that is now. This is a Jesus, have my heart in this current struggle prayer. I told you on that Prayers That Linger episode that this isn't a prayer that I can sing lightly. (laughs) This is a weighty prayer. It's a sobering prayer to me. It's a holy fear prayer because it verbalizes that we understand that God can use hardship to get to our hearts, sometimes like nothing else can, that this present darkness or this present struggle can bring glory and kingdom and surrender if we let it. This prayer sobers me often and brings me to my knees and causes me to speak out the name Jesus into the face of fear, sometimes many times a day. And then there's this all that is to come, This might be the one that strikes fear in us the most. The unknown, the abyss that the future can sometimes feel like and look like to us, especially in the times that we're living in. We even begin to grow numb towards it, towards what we hear on the news, towards darkness and violence and injustice. And our tendency is just, you know, head to the pumpkin fest, right? And it's there we hunker down. But you know what? Even there... We still hold this angst in us. We have some dear friends that that same weekend as Pumpkin Fest were fearing their lives and the lives of their children because of racist groups threatening to protest in a nearby town from us. And I felt an ache in my heart as we walked downtown in the middle of all the festivities. And you know what? I think that's just how it's going to be for us because this isn't our home. Do we enjoy the season? Yes, But responsibly, we also hold the other side of the tension all at the same time. Feel the angst. 
feel that longing for heaven and for everything to be okay in the world. It's not really the pumpkins and the apple cider, like I said, that are warming our souls. It's just the great longing in us for home. My brother Eric would say it's because we're all homesick. I encourage my friend as he was processing through this violence and hatred that we were hearing about, and we talked about the angst that it brings, holding both sides of the anguish of life, but the hope of Jesus all at the same time. But we also said that the angst can bring the beauty of a song that rises in us and that we can actually be the hope this world so desperately needs. So instead of allowing myself to be numb to my friend's plight, I literally put myself in his shoes mentally as much as I could, trying to imagine right in the middle of Pumpkin Fest that he's fearing for his life and for his children because of hatred that's not just in our world, but it's in our very hometown. So this all that is to come prayer is not an easy prayer to pray. But to me, I was thinking it's very reminiscent of an equally sobering song that we've all sung for many years. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Before you hear from sweet Kristen in this interview, I wanted to share that a week or so ago, I got a text from my sweet friend, Lauren Chandler, who many of you know. She's an author, a worship leader, and she's wife to Matt Chandler, who pastors in the Dallas area. And if you listen to the podcast, you know that Lauren has been a part of the whole vision of the Concentric Circles from its inception when it was first imparted to me. So she's very special in my life, but it was a text from her with this link to a New York Times article that was released on October 4th, which was literally the week that Beheld Lullabies for the Beloved released. And her text to me was, have you seen this? With several question marks following the sentence. As I opened the link, it said, electric honeycombs form when nature gets out of balance. Just from the title alone, the hair stood up on the back of my neck. You can look it up, but the gist of it is that there's a thing called an electric honeycomb that happens when electrically charged particles travel between a pointy electrode and a flat one, but they bump into a puddle of oil along the way. A honeycomb emerges and is what physicists called the rose window instability because it resembles the circular stained glass window designs found on Gothic churches. Is what happens as natural forces work to keep an electric charge moving in an interrupted circuit. The article says that the honeycomb reveals fundamental principles about how electricity moves through fluids, which can be used for all kinds of research. But this article says it also reminds us that humans aren't the only ones seeking stability in an unstable world. Even tiny unconscious objects need balance. As I read the words surface tension in this article, I had to just let out a little wow, because if there's anything we're all feeling right now, it's surface tension. But it just made me marvel as I read that surface tension is what happens as nature is seeking stability on the most basic level. 
You can also see this in soap bubbles and bees making honeycombs. In fact, as I started reading into all of this, some researchers are not even convinced that bees actually make those perfect hexagonal shapes, that they possibly make more of a circular pattern and then the natural surface tension in the soft wax might be just sufficient enough to pull the cells into those perfect uniform shapes to bring stability. Who knows? Only God knows. But the rest of Lauren's text said, not just for storing up the sweetest home, which is part of the song lyric, stability in uncertainty with exclamation point, exclamation point. I sat there and just marveled, pondering lots of things in my heart that this lyric that I had written was somehow just coming to life before my eyes, that my heart could find stability in the one who perfectly formed it and holds it, the one who holds my past and my now and my all that is to come, but who also uses surface tension at times to cause my heart to form into a place that holds the treasure of who He is, and even a place to hide things that I can't really even fully convey. Things I'll need to be content with telling no one. I'm so excited to share this interview with Kristen Hill. So I am so excited <laughs> to get to be sitting here with the famous. Oh, no. let's, <laughs> let's take it down already. <laughs> um, my sister-in-law, Kristen Hill, who those of you who have listened to The Glorious and the Mundane would actually probably know her as Amaryllis Kristen. <laughs> Um, and you actually probably know a little bit about her already, but, um, we're sitting here today because, um, I've wanted to have you on the podcast for mm-hmm. a really long time, actually, just because of, just cause you, mm-hmm. but we do want to just talk about what God has been yeah. stirring in you Aww. and I'm so excited about Thanks. it. And, um, Thanks so having me, yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> We'll just rehab the conversations that we've had already. <laughs> I know we, we were sitting at the breakfast table this morning, and I, and I was like, um, we should have just recorded this whole thing, because then you're just going to have to say right. everything you I'm going to be like, wait, did I say that already? Was that today? Was that yesterday? Was that, <laughs> was that you? Um, so, um, well, tell us quickly, just yeah. um, first of all, um, title and what about this? It's a Bible study yeah. that's coming out, and then we'll get into kind of where, how did this stir, and sure. where did it all begin? Yeah. And so, what's tell me the name of it? Okay. Well, thanks for having me. First of all, so sweet. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's a Bible study, and it's called "Go and Tell No One." And the little <laughs> subtitle <laughs> is "Remember and Rest in the Secret and the Sacred." And um, I love. Bible study, and that was sort of, you know, where I landed on what felt most authentic. Um, God started stirring this message up in me. We've all heard the the go and tell mm-hmm. commands, you know, and mm-hmm. we know that's in there. Um, but I don't think we talk a lot or hear a lot about that there's actually so many times in the Gospels mm-hmm. where Jesus has this amazing, life-changing encounter with someone and then says, now go, don't tell anybody about this. Mm-hmm. Like, go and tell no one. Mm-hmm. Like, see that you tell no one. Some of, the, some of the passages are even like, he sternly warned them. Mm-hmm. 
don't tell anyone what's happened here today. And so it's kind of like, I remember a, about a year and a half ago, sort of like, you know, we've had those moments where you're kind of like, you read something in a passage and you're like, has that always been in there? Like, I feel like that is new information. I do not remember seeing that before. And kind of just going, what does that mean? And then the more that I looked at it, I was kind of like, this is in here a couple times. Like, mm-hmm. there's something here. What, mm-hmm. what does this mean? And I think my heart was ready, mm-hmm. and they jumped off the page because of some things that had kind of been stirring in my heart for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, maybe they jumped out more because of just what God was doing in me and that he wanted to show me, like, that thing that you're feeling and that thing that you're talking about, mm-hmm. like, it's in my word. Like I'm like, that's, that's a thing. (laughs) So, (laughs) so let's talk about that, you know? So, Mm. well, what I love about you and Eric, who is my brother, (laughs) um, is that you guys have just been so faithful to really, um, walk this out in context of community, um, and just a real authentic way. And, Mm. and really, I've watched you um, make sacrifices. I've watched you really um, follow Jesus into some places that mm-hmm. you didn't even you didn't know where right. he was leading, <laughs> right. and and kind of like even how God brought you to Atlanta when we were still living mm-hmm. in Atlanta mm-hmm. for a time. We got to do life together, mm-hmm. and I was watching you know you, and and really I didn't know what all was going on in you because. This message was being yeah. formed in you really over the last couple of years, and sure. but it's just neat because I feel like you yourself have been in such a sweet rhythm of um, studying the Word of God for yourself, and I've learned just you know the little bit I've <laughs> like been like help me like texting <laughs> you being like what is this like how Aww. can I find this, yeah. um, but I love it because you've really um, just started kind of gathering some women. In mm-hmm. your community, really, the school mm-hmm. of, at Legacy, where our kids were when we were in Atlanta, right. your kids are there. And mm-hmm. um, so, tell me a little bit about that, and just yeah. kind of how it kind of came to you know what this is my passion, yeah. and this is actually real life for me, and, and fulfilling something in me to sure. like yeah. live that out in community. Tell me about how that yeah. has been. Well, I think you know I've always I've always been a Bible study girl. I love that. Just what that looks like or can look like. doesn't mm-hmm. always, but just where there's like an authentic coming together mm-hmm. around God's word and sort of like that, those magic moments when it can be vulnerable mm-hmm. around truth. Yeah. Not just like, let's go talk and just be honest. That's, that's good and that's important. But I think um, when I began to um, maybe I would say in college is kind of the first time I sort of had a taste of like, mm-hmm. um, that I, even in high school, you know, was always in Bible city and was always, um, even already leading a little bit, but, um, in college, um, crusade happened to be on my campus and they mm-hmm. sort of really empower people to go back to your community, your sphere and like learn how to make that a, Hey, would y'all mm-hmm. want to you know, just come gather and I'll make some cookies and we'll, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort of my first taste of like, I can, I can get together with people. We call it a person of peace, like somebody who's 
like maybe we already, we don't know if we believe the same things, but I like to be with you. Like mm-hmm. I'm drawn to you. And so I think I have a long history of that being an important thing in my life. Like mm-hmm. I seek it out kind of in every season, mm-hmm. but I will say that probably for 20 years that was, um, centered around someone else's study. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like we've all sort of a Beth Moore or whatever, which, and I love that, that setting of being able to learn from a wise person that's gone before. Mm-hmm. And then sort of having, even if it's just through the study or mm-hmm. over video, not necessarily a person physically in the room mm-hmm. with us or whatever, but, and then being able to have those discussion times And so I think that's what it looked like for me for Mm -hmm. a long time, just, you know, precept or what, you know, whatever kind of was at the church, you know, and then I will say there was a big, big, huge shift for me, Mm. um, several years ago, I guess when I don't even really know how it happened, but I kind of thought I am going to, while I'm really embracing the teaching of other people. I'm going to study for myself, too. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to, like, open my Bible mm-hmm. and get a journal and a pencil, and I'm going to, like, let His Word speak to me. And I will say that in my own spiritual life, that's been one of the most transforming things, mm-hmm. is learning. And just just like those things we know, we know in our minds, we hear and we know and we believe I already have everything that I be- that I need in Christ. Mm-hmm. The Bible is living and active and it is for me. I think what a lot of us sort of fall into is a rhythm of consuming the mm-hmm. wisdom that other people have to offer, which is great. We should, yeah. but we can accidentally fall into a rhythm of just consuming other people's yeah. revelation of truth. Yeah. On Sunday, we hear a sermon, and then during the week, we go on a walk, and we listen to a podcast, and then we, mm-hmm. you know, in the car, we listen, you know, and then we get an email in the morning for our Bible study that mm-hmm. kind of, everybody's doing the work for us, mm-hmm. and it's a great touch point to remember mm-hmm. what God's Word says is true. That's amazing. We should do that, but we become lazy carriers of the gospel if that's all we do. That's, that's right, yeah. It's good. And... I, I think I came to a point just in my own life and my mm-hmm. own walk that I was like mm-hmm. just craving that like I if I believe this is true, I believe that it's not just this one certain percent of people mm-hmm. that get the wisdom and then they spread it out to all of us. Yeah. That's how it works sometimes, but God is longing to teach me through my Bible and the Mm -hmm. Holy Spirit is, you know, able to teach me and bring to my remembrance things he's taught me through our time together. And so Mm -hmm. just sort of like, gosh, having that epiphany, like Mm -hmm. I I need to be studying for myself as well. And so I did that just for a season. Mm -hmm. And then I think the first time that I started facilitating a study like that was here in Atlanta, and that's mm-hmm. what you're referencing. I just started to gather some women, moms of kids that went to this school where all mm-hmm. our kids went. And for that study, 
I was like, we're going to, we're going to study the gospel of John, bring your Bible <laughs> and, yeah. and we're going to just do that. We're not going to, you know, there's plenty of great studies out there, but it was really just this challenge to like, like, let's just look at his word and let it speak to us. Let's examine it and mm-hmm. learn it and like, let him remind us that his word is for us. And I just love when you, I, I feel like, and it's ironic because even in that study of John, I just felt like I fell in love with Jesus mm-hmm. in this new way. And like, when you look at, in the gospels especially, he spent his life Everybody was waiting for him to walk into the temples and spend time theorizing with all the learned people. Mm-hmm. And what he did instead was walk out to the fishermen and the, you know, and he talked about bread and salt and light and mm-hmm. seeds and he used this like mm-hmm. everyday language yeah. with everyday people, like brought it to them. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, gosh, that has to mean something for us. Yeah. All of these people that are, we're just sort of living our ordinary lives to go like, when I look at Jesus, mm. he, this is how he set it up. It was for all of us. And mm-hmm. it wasn't, it, he didn't use big, crazy, complex words. He didn't <laughs> use theology we couldn't understand. He yeah. like came to us. He was yeah. with us. And, you know, even... I just love even like he spoke in parables, mm-hmm. which were, it's like, so the way of Jesus, he would like, instead of sort of demanding that you have this heart posture, he would like set up a story and tell a story using everyday things, mm. but you had to be an active participant, participant in mm-hmm. listening mm. to figure out what it meant. For you. Yeah. So it was like you had to listen, and it wasn't that what he was saying was complex, but you did sort of have to be active in understanding what does he mean for me to understand in this? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and amazing. so and so I just think the same thing for us with with God's word. You mm-hmm. know, I think if we're not if we're not careful, we can go like, Yeah, I've been talking about God a lot. Mm. And God's been stirring things up in my heart all the time because there are several times throughout the day when I, you know, hear truth or I read truth. But I wonder how many of us are kind of like, but the last time that I didn't hear it out of the mouth of someone else, the last time that I read my Bible for myself and Mm. allowed the Holy Spirit to speak to me in the moment, Mm. like, that's important. It's valuable. Mm -hmm. And I will say that in my own life, the the transformation that has taken root the most Mm -hmm. comes from those kinds of things. When, Mm -hmm. you know, seeds were planted, I'm sure all these other places, but, but it was when I was able to break down God's word for myself, you know, Mm -hmm. and even I think like when I was talking about in that, just kind of in this recent, you know, seven years or so, I started really being drawn to the original language and stuff. Mm. And not, I do not by any means know Greek or know Hebrew. I certainly wouldn't know how to, you know, decipher something, but, but to kind of go like, there's some really 
of readily available tools that can mm -hmm. help me understand mm -hmm. and get the clearest picture of what's being said here. Like, because again, Jesus spoke in easy everyday words, mm -hmm. but our English words that we read in our Bible sometimes just can't paint the full picture because we don't have the same words in English that they had in Greek yeah. or in Hebrew in the Old Testament. You know, like love is one, for example. Mm -hmm. Like our Bibles say love, 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 love in all the different verses, but in the Greek it would have said what kind of love. Yeah. So we would have understood on a whole deeper level, you know. Yeah. So that's just become a fun, and I love that. I love kind of trying to uncover and mm. dig around and kind of get get under what the root of this is like yeah. you know so that's just been a fun I get kind of jacked up when I talk about <laughs> it like, like. well that's why I wanted you to talk about it because um it was really through that right that um you on that self-discovery of mm -hmm. just like discovering the word of God for yourself and then really wanting to lead women through that, and like I said, you doing that in the context of local community, um, it's really what kind of readied your heart for this message. For so sure. I want to get back to um, go and tell no one because mm -hmm. it's just so, mm -hmm. it's just, for one thing, um, you know, we I say a lot how the kingdom of God is upside down. Yep. And it's just, it's even the title itself just, as we know, goes against the grain of like... <laughs> Pretty much everything. How we how we operate, yeah. you know, in you know, especially with social media, as we all know. Um, but like, tell me about just kind of how that process readied your heart, and just some of those maybe first moments where um, you know you were like, "Gosh, he says this a couple of times," yeah. and there's I think there's something to this, and like I would just love to know sure. without giving it all away because yeah. I want people to get this study yeah. and have it. Um, but just share a little bit, kind of how that. Yeah. really readied your heart to hear mm -hmm. this message. Yeah. So, so I think for, just for me personally, um, your brother, my husband, Eric and I have this ministry and, um, for a couple of years, we, um, we're definitely doing it full time, but we're sort of in that funny place of like, we knew what we were doing, but maybe not everybody else would have been able to say what we did, you know, and, um, just a lot of, walking with people and um and I sort of as we began to kind of try to efficiently steward that better you yeah. know of course you seek wisdom from people and you know our time is just funny there's all these like you need to be able to answer these questions and you need to you know and sort of balancing trying to help communicate what we do and how we can serve people but then like balancing that with this tension of going, my favorite moments in ministry have been things that we will never talk about again. Mm. They were so sacred and so beautiful and just personal mm. that it it's not something that we would cheapen by mm -hmm. posting about or mm -hmm. putting on our website or like, so kind of, I think for a couple of years, long before this message came to me through through the gospels there was this already kind of this tension and mm -hmm. like how i don't know like i don't know how to tell people what we do because 
Mm. It's not something I want to tell you. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? It is something we wanted to, to steward well, but how do I, how do we communicate? And I think there are a lot of people that have either jobs or, or parts of their life where they get that, you know, like mm-hmm. I can tell you that I met with someone, but I can't tell you what we said, you know, or yeah, just whatever it is. But so I think that I had been sitting in that tension mm-hmm. for a couple of years of mm-hmm. kind of like going, you know, what's weird is the parts we love the most are the quiet parts and the small parts. And yeah. when there's like four people in the room or mm-hmm. 30 people in the room, but not a hundred, you know, like yeah. the small moments and even same with Bible study, the smaller, that's just where we have we're drawn to, and that's where we've seen sort of transformation. And so balancing that with this message of culture right now and kind mm-hmm. of like, and maybe not just right now, but certainly our slice of time is funny in that we now all report to the world what we do each day. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is that? And so this is what I had for lunch. And also I took my daughter here and right. then we, you know, it's just like a funny Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you think about it, it's just, that's weird. But anyway, we do it. But so just wrestling through that and kind sure. of, and so I think the first time it's been probably a, a year and a half-ish, the first time that I read was just happened to be reading in a gospel and that jumped out at me. Mm. My heart was ready for how do we live in this tension? Yeah. Because we know, you know, the, we know the command is sometimes go and tell no one, but whoa, mm. look at that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he says, go and tell no one. And so the more that I started looking, you know, and of course I got all excited about the treasure hunt of how many times does he say it? And, how, you know, and like, oh, wow, look, each of the gospels has it. Like a, like a lot of times, like mm. this is a thing. Okay, what? Mm-hmm. What does this mean for us? And, and you know, a, again, as is fitting for the message, it was just something I just, in, in my own time with the Lord, was sort of wrestling through and mm-hmm. um, writing down. And, you know, here's this journal that I just filled with, you know, okay, wow, it's there again in this chapter. And, okay, it happens again here. And then looking at what that meant and, I'm enough of a purist in that I'm like, I want to know exactly what the context was like at the time. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times that Jesus is saying this has to do with what was happening in the unfolding of his ministry. And so there's definitely a context Mm -hmm. for, like he was doing crowd control (laughs) pretty much, you know? So that's definitely a part of the reason that he's saying this in context. But the bottom line is, when you think about it, it's like the reason that he had to even say that was because of the nature of the heart of man. Mm. So this that was specifically happening in that moment in time, but mm. we still respond in the same way. I mean, it's like that's why things go viral, because <laughs> we're like, oh my gosh, look at this, you know, right, and, right. you know, we repost things and just... It, this culture of sharing, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, so anyway, 
It's like there's that context of when it happened truly in the Gospels as Jesus is walking the earth. There's context for why he said that, but the context has to do with the same thing that is universal from that time to now. And so just sort of like sitting with that message of like, okay, it's looking like sometimes Jesus says, this moment Mm. was sacred Mm -hmm. and your life is changed forever. But I don't want you walking away saying, I'm healed, I'm healed, look at me. Mm. I want you to walk away saying, I've just met the healer. Mm. Let me tell you about him. Yeah. And, you know, that's a a different mindset in kind of, you know, and so just looking at even the different kinds, it wasn't a healing each time. It was in these go and tell no one passages, it was often when the miraculous kind of broke into the everyday and mm. Jesus healed someone from a physical ailment or something. But but it's not only those, like there were definitely a couple of other just important mm. moments yeah. when something life-changing happened and Jesus was like, let's not talk about this anymore. Mm. And, you know, so I think especially when you see that that's in there a couple of times, mm-hmm. and especially when you see, you know, see words used like Jesus sternly warned them, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, okay, yeah. I'm more supposed to pay attention to that. What is, mm-hmm. what's that about? And yeah, yeah, so just seeking the Lord on what does that mean? What does that yeah. mean for me today yeah. in my life? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things I got excited about was that you were telling me that kind of in the beginning of the study, you sort of, um, do you sort of lay out some tools or kind of talk about like, and I'm excited about that because I was just encouraging you and saying that, well, okay, (laughs) side note. So we've talked about how, um, you know, just even recently, like, um, I even endorsed a book that I was like, you know, is a wonderful lady. And I, and, and I told you, I was just like, it was literally like, you know, it was like she was reading my mail, and, <laughs> totally. and I don't even know her. <laughs> you read my journal, <laughs> but so it's so neat. And and I talk about it in the context of like um, songwriting. Sometimes that like um, songwriting is like this river, and you go down and you scoop, you know, a handful of it, and it's the same river. It's the spirit of God, and it's this river of God that's flowing. And um, when you're faithful, you know, to go down and dip into it. Um, often, you know, we're dipping into the, the same river. Yeah, it's right. the same river. And so across the continent, you know, right. you could hear another artist or worship leader literally with the same theme. Yeah. So it's neat that, you know, there really is, there's no, there's ancient truth, right? There's Absolutely. no new truth under the sun. Right. But it's neat how, like you said, the Spirit of God, He brings things to our remembrance. And so, mm-hmm. meaning just all on our own journeys, yeah. in our own wiring, in our own story, He's going to bring it up differently to me sure. than He is to you. He's going to bring these different things to our remembrance. And um, so I just, first of all, just we've talked about a lot right. how um, <laughs> this message just yeah. um, is dear to my heart and um obviously dear to yours and 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 my know it's also that the spirit of god is just kind of whispering this in other places and yeah. that it's 
kind of, um, yeah, so many times the last year, I'm like, oh my gosh, thank God, I don't have to write it. We'll just, <laughs> someone we'll else just let everybody else, they'll, they'll get it. Everybody's getting it. You can find this anywhere. So yeah. thank you, Lord. I don't have to do this. No, and I've just been like, no, because, right. you know, there, you're right. There is so much out there and mm-hmm. the Lord is, um, using all of us in our lanes and I love that. But, but what I think, but what I told you was, I think that it's going to be so helpful to women who want to learn a method right. and a rhythm yeah. of discovering, mm-hmm. you know, going on that, you know, hunt <laughs> on their own. Yeah. And so tell us like just a little bit about that, like mm-hmm. just, um, your heart in, you know, really how you've done with these women in community of just how, yeah. you know, you've walked them through um, going on their own discovery, you know, in the Word of God, that He can meet them in, Absolutely. in it, you know. Yeah, yeah. They have everything and they need. That's right. And um, I think that is something that I've been surprised at how passionate and excited I get about that because mm-hmm. I've seen it happen in my own life, mm-hmm. and so it's a valuable practice to me. But like you said, in this context of sort of gathering women and like just great friends, like deep, soulful women that walk with Jesus and mm-hmm. even like lead in, you know, in parenting their children and, you know, based on God's word and sort of like having those kinds of women go like, I don't remember the last time mm-hmm. I studied for myself and mm-hmm. like, okay, this feels good. And it's. It's sort of like we all just need to be reminded sometimes, like, mm-hmm. you have everything you need. Like, yes, take the wisdom from other people, like we said, but um, the Word of God is a- obtainable and approachable. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, when we say things like the Greek word for that is, we're just saying when Jesus said it, he used this language, and what that means in this language is this. And yeah. so... Yeah, so I've, I've sort of like had this document for years that I just kind of add to that at the beginning of a Bible study, if I'm gathering some women and we're going to do James or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I'll send out this document. And I, it's kind of like, I'll say, use this like a cookbook. Here are 12 different ways you can go about this. Mm-hmm. Find something that just feels right for you. And just like you would a cookbook, mm-hmm. make changes, add, take away, you know, whatever feels good to you. But sort of like just remembering again, like, oh, I can, I can study this. I can, it's, mm-hmm. it's approachable. It's doable. It's, I don't just have to rely on the wisdom of other people. And mm-hmm. so even, even just breaking down the, how to look at the original language and like, did you know that every word corresponds to like Strong's exhaustive coordinates gives every word in the Bible a number. And so you can mm-hmm. look that up. And I think part of it for me started, I, the Bible that I use is a keyword study Bible. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, so it's really easy. And like, just even at the back of the Bible, there's like a, you know, concordance and, mm-hmm. you know, but you can, I mean, like I've before even tried, like you can, pick up your smartphone and be like, Siri, what is the Hebrew word for, you know, or whatever? What is the, what is the Greek word for love in yeah, whatever first Corinthians first, 13? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there's so many tools available for us, <laughs> like, or like interlinear, interlinear Bible. I type that in all the time and it'll bring up on your computer or your smartphone. It'll bring up like 
side by side of mm. Greek words, you know, and our English words. And so you can just kind of click on the words you're a little bit curious about. Like, I'm, I want to do a treasure hunt today kind of on yeah. this word. And it's like, it's not rocket science. Like, these tools are available to us even now more than ever, whether you're somebody that has this huge library of all these books or mm-hmm. whether you just sort of like have your Bible and your your phone. Your phone. <laughs> yeah, like you're good to go. Like, yeah. you know. It's and amazing. so my favorite thing is to sort of like kind of give women mm-hmm. a couple of tools, like choose whichever one you want and then go work and like just see what you find out, you know? Yeah. And then and I even like to challenge people like let's not look at any commentaries or other like let's just Mm-hmm. see what we get and then you know we can come back together and talk about it and a lot of times what I'll do is like you know do the work on my own first and then I'll kind of go back and look at some respected commentary like how'd I do <laughs> you know yeah. like is did I sort of yeah. land with the same takeaways and um but yeah and then just doing I love the context of a a group of women that are sort of all coming together with this shared heart to let God's word transform us today. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it can, that can look a thousand different ways. You know, my favorite is when it's a small enough group that everybody can speak pretty authentically mm-hmm. and it's safe. It feels yeah. doable, you know? Um, and so that can just be one person or that can be, eight or that can be 12 or that can be 30 or, you know, whatever. There's a million different ways to do that. But, um, man, I've just, mm. I just love it. Yeah. <laughs> I well, kind of geek out. On it a little bit. <laughs> well, we, we love that you geek out about it <laughs> and we all benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited for, um, people to have this and, um, I'm excited to get Thanks. into it and just kind of see all that you hunted down mm-hmm. and, um, but I was thinking about, um, just how sweet it is really, you know, cause I can tell you, I can tell all of you people listening that, um, <laughs> just to watch you and Eric and, um, their ministry is called with you and with you ministries. And, um, they have some resources that mm-hmm. I've, um, told you about on the podcast before we've had the, um, the with you tags. Mm-hmm. Is that officially what you call With them? you promises. With is, you promises. Yeah. That's right. We've had, I've had those several times like, um, on my Instagram and things like that. And there's beautiful tags and there are 31 of them mm-hmm. through promises. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of actually redone them even like yeah. kind of gone back in mm-hmm. and changed some of them out, kind of fresh, freshened it up. And now it's like goes from Genesis to Revelation, to Revelation yeah. 31 promises, half of them kind of in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. half in the yeah, New exactly. Testament. So those have all been like freshened up, which is really sweet. Mm-hmm. And my sweet mom is still <laughs> making those little Aww, linen bags granny. that they come in. <laughs> granny, Granny's making the linen bags, which are so precious <laughs> and so, soft yeah. and so sweet. And those are, have been a really sweet resource to tell people about. Um, but I just love what I was going to say was just, that um, I know for a fact that you guys aren't um, concerned with any sort of platform and you're not, mm-hmm. you're actually living this out. Mm-hmm. You're living out this place of um, whatever the Lord chooses to do with this, you know, from this secret place is his, yeah. is his thing mm-hmm. to do, you yeah. know, and I just love how you've, you've lived this. And um, even recently, you know, we've, we've just talked about, um, 
you know, even with this podcast, you know, how I've had to go through seasons of, of laying that down and because I just couldn't carry it sure, all. Yeah. And, and even in the laying down of that and even in the modeling of that sort of just that even, I just would just say to Jesus, like, I know you'll take up right. <laughs> this lack. Yeah. You'll take up whatever, right. you know, and you'll carry that and you'll even use that as a place of just um, giving women permission, especially just in normal life, mm-hmm. to um, to know that sometimes he, you know, he just keeps us under a rock or sometimes yeah. he, yeah. Sometimes he get, takes us through a season of just having to lay something completely down and just trusting him that he knows that's the desire of our heart. And I've watched you do that over years. Like I know that Mm -hmm. this has been forming in you. And Mm -hmm. honestly, like you've been capable of teaching probably on any tour that I've been on or (laughs) in teaching women's things, but I've watched you, um, faithfully, you know, be Mm -hmm. hidden in this. And so I just know and trust and, already look, I guess, with expectation of how Jesus is going to use that posture Mm. in your life. And Mm. I'm excited for almost just that posture to carry through this study and just for Jesus himself, just to, um, by his spirit to, um, Mm. carry that posture to, Mm -hmm. to other women because we, we need this posture in our culture. Obviously, otherwise he would not have sternly warned right. <laughs> all those uh, yeah. years back. Um, yeah. But I just wanted to say that to you and, mm, and just to thank, thank you. you and just say I'm, I'm excited. And just what would you want to say to any women who maybe are in that season of just maybe they do feel like yeah. I have something burning in me and yeah. I, but I, there's no way right now in this season I can, mm-hmm. um, you know, steward that or, um, you know, whatever it is, or maybe I, I was carrying something and mm-hmm. I had to lay it down. And so mm-hmm. I would love for you to just, you know, yeah, speak some encouragement over, um, sure. it could be a, a high school yep. student. It could be a college gal who's just in those different seasons of having to really trust in that place in that secret yep. place of Jesus entrusting something to them that they might, mm-hmm. it might not be time to go and tell. Right. And right. so yeah. I'd love just as we close, like sure. you to share. Well, thank you for saying that, mm. first of all. But, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's fun. Throughout the study, we sort of, like, follow just that that heartbeat, that attitude. And it's interesting when you look at the words of Jesus, it's, it's just so good to sort of, like, sit with that again sometimes and, like, remember mm-hmm. what he says and how, you know, how does that look like. And um, one of the things we kind of dive in in the study because that subtitle is like, remember and rest in the secret and the sacred. And so we look at like, what is Jesus like from his mouth? What does he say about the secret? And so Mm -hmm. it's interesting. I mean, you can open up your Bible right now and look, and he talks about there being reward in secret. Like the father is in secret Mm -hmm. and he sees in secret and there is a reward for what happens in secret. Mm. And so this mindset today where it, our culture is like, you know, opposite of that. And mm-hmm. we, we can accidentally sort of end up with that mindset that the things 
that are visible are what is valuable. Yeah. Yeah. And to sort of go like, you know what? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jesus is actually saying, like, there are some things that happen in secret that have value. And even, so I love, like, breaking that down and going like, okay, gosh, what is the Greek saying? That What is, you know, and it's there. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. he talks about that there are things that will happen in secret Mm -hmm. that are valuable to the kingdom. And so... So the encouragement there is you don't have a have to have a huge platform to be building the kingdom. Yeah. And you don't have to have anybody acknowledge or reward or applaud you mm-hmm. for the ways that you're serving. Mm. And there can be moments in your day and in your life where the sacred breaks in and no one will ever know about it. But it is valuable and it has worth because it's in the secret. I mean, it's a whole other kind of thing. Yeah. And so I think just we all just need that reminder sometimes, that that attitude of like, and I, I it's has this go and tell no one message kind of began to sit in my heart. It was like this fun challenge almost, like I think I've told you this before, but like you know, to lay my head down on the pillow at night and go like, okay, Lord, I can't believe you let me get to be, a, you, you let me be a part of that today. That moment mm-hmm. when this, mm-hmm. no one saw it, no one knows about it, yeah. but you let me in on that. Thank you for giving me the chance mm. to, to find treasure and reward in the secret place, you know? And I just think, gosh, how many how many women are out there? How many people are listening to your podcast, you know, driving their kids to this or, you know, maybe mm-hmm. they're ironing clothes or, yeah. you know, just our lives are often filled with hidden and unseen moments. But if we're not careful, we we tend to brush those aside as the, those aren't the important moments. Those are just kind of the other moments, right. you know. And so just learning how to go like, Okay, Jesus, what do you say? And when I look in your Gospels, you actually really give value to that. And mm. and so what I want to learn, Jesus, is I want to learn how to look at things that same way. Yeah. I want to know that sometimes the message is go and tell. Yeah. And I want to be faithful to do that and obedient to step into that, however that looks today. But I also want to really know and value that sometimes the message is go and tell no one Mm. and to go like, but that's sacred and secret. And to kind of go like, I can be a part of what God's doing in the unseen. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to choose to give that value because Jesus assigns it value. Yeah. And to go like, like you were saying, sometimes we have, we are in seasons and we feel like I'm just, sort of like waiting to get to the part where this gets exciting. Right. <laughs> like, like you better hold on because in five years it's going to be on, you know, right. and, <laughs> you know, but you look at the life of Jesus and it's like even, mm. you know, we don't know anything about his first 30 years except for the part when he was born and then that little minute when he was 12 and then, you know, yeah, it's like, man, mm. just to go... He could have played this story out any way he wanted. 
But the way he chose was to come in quietly yeah. and serve under the radar and live and have relationships for, you know, most of his life in mm-hmm. a way that was ordinary and unseen and every day. Yeah. And then the way that the Holy Spirit, I mean, like the way that the Trinity had sort of set it up was that this, this one season of his life would mm-hmm. begin to sort of be more out and in yeah. ways that people would see. But then if that's like how he set it up for his own life and for how this story of God, this big rescue plan, if that was the way he chose that, then I should be encouraged that, mm-hmm. gosh, my life can be that same way too. And that it's not that these hidden unseen years and days and months are not a value. Yeah. Like Jesus assigns those value. And so mm-hmm. to go like, okay, Lord, what does that look like? for me and mm-hmm. what does it look like to go and tell no one about mm-hmm. things you're stirring up in me or moments where I just get to come alongside someone and you know it's just the whole multiplication method of the gospel of Jesus that's I mean it's kind of just this like one by one Jesus chose 12 and then you know then mm-hmm. they went out and sort of told and so why do we think today that the only way to make impact is to go wide? Yeah. You yeah. know, and to kind of just instead go like, where, where can I dip in today and serve and come alongside in ways that are significant? Mm-hmm. Maybe not seen, yeah. but significant and sacred. Yeah. Maybe secret, but really important and kind of like mm-hmm. framing it in a way that we're like, that's so cool that you let me in on that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I love it so <laughs> much. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited for people to have this and Aww. just to get to have you here today and to mm-hmm. be with you. And I love Thanks. you. And I'm thankful you. for you. So Thanks. Thanks again. And we'll have you back. I'm sure down the road (laughs) as God stirs more things. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening today. The Go and Tell No One Bible Study is available now on withyouministries.com. Just click resources and it's that simple. I can't wait to dive into it myself over the next few weeks. And remember that Kristen's husband, Eric, my brother, is going to be joining us for the Night of Hope tour as we tour the Thrill of Hope Christmas album that I released just last season. The Thrill of Hope record is available now if you're ready to start listening to Christmas music like I am. And tickets for the tour can be found on my website, christineknuckles.com. You guys have a glorious day and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.